Welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano from Feliciano Financial Group. In this podcast, brothers and certified financial planner professionals, Jose and Jeff, explain that money is just a tool to achieve the things you want in life, a tool to make the decision to live life on purpose. They draw from years of experience to demonstrate that when your money aligns with your goals, you can live a purposeful life. Because when your vision is clear, your decision is easy. Hello and welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Doing great. How are you today? Fantastic. Jeff, how are you? Hey, doing awesome. Wonderful. Thank you. How are yeah, you? I, I, I'm good, man. I, I'm, I'm really excited about today's show. Um, I know that we are kind of, um, we're doing this, you know, we're focusing on financial advisors, but we're doing this for investors. We're doing this for all the listeners out there. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment, but I do want to just kind of recap some of the things that we've spoken about, or you guys have really spoken about and taught on some previous podcasts here recently. Um, some of the things that we've covered, I mean, it's, it's been a ton. It really has. The importance of planning and finding value in 2021. Uh, you guys covered 10 core principles in creating a successful investment experience, which was a fantastic show. Uh, tax strategies for retirement. We had a, a two-parter there. The first part was about individuals, and the second part was actually you guys really covered businesses really well. Uh, and then really the difference between saving and versus investing and common questions people ask, which again, is another really good one for, for those that are um, thinking about that and saying, you know what, I, I really don't know those differences uh, between saving versus investing. There's positives and, and negatives for both, uh, and you guys cover that really well. So I encourage everybody to go back and listen to those episodes. But like I said, today's episode, you guys really want to uh, focus on the investor and questions that investors should be asking of financial advisors, no matter who they work with, Correct. Uh, you know, yes, it's, um, we think it's probably one of the most important decisions that families and business owners can make in their lifetime is aligning with the right financial partner to help guide through, uh, their lives financially and making smart choices with money and resources in order to achieve the things that are, that are most important to them. Uh, in a lot of ways it can be so overwhelming, but when you think about money and all the decisions that you have to make with money, it's probably one of the most intimate personal things to discuss and, and get into with someone. And, you know, as overwhelming as these decisions and choices may be, uh, I think there's some very important questions to ask, uh, when you try to find that right fit for you and your family. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I know, as usual, you guys have uh, some, some information, some resources for the listening audience. Uh, and so I'd like to make sure that we cover that at the end where they can find this information. Uh, but this, is, this podcast is accompanied by some good resources that you can get a hold of for free uh, from the guys. So make sure you tune into the end of this podcast to find out where you can get it. Uh, so we're going to be covering the questions that, that investors or, or people that are thinking about getting into investing should be asking a potential uh, co-worker, if you will, you know, the, the person they're going to partner with, the financial advisor uh, that they are seeking out. Uh, so let's talk about those questions. What questions do you think are most important that people should be asking right off the bat when they meet with someone? You know, so let me start with, uh, we think it's probably good to interview, you know, two or three financial advisors mm -hmm. to make sure you find the right fit uh, because there's different styles, approaches, expertise, services. And for the most part, it's such an important topic that uh, it's important to do your due diligence, not just for you, but for your family and the people that depend on you. 
you know, it, it does a couple of things. Uh, one, it uh, shows how serious you are. You shouldn't feel guilty or bad for asking questions. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your money. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, people just feel, you know, like maybe they're asking too many questions or or whatever the case may be. And if obviously, if you ever feel uneasy or uncomfortable, uh, then trust your instincts and maybe you should go talk to someone else. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. And we made a list of uh, probably the top 10 questions to ask that will give you some insight on philosophy, capabilities, resources, compensation, fees, expenses, those type of things. So uh, we'll, we'll cover those. Yeah, and I would say that if, if a financial advisor or someone that you're speaking to is unable or unwilling to answer any of these questions, that would be that gut feeling uh, Jeff is talking about. It's time to walk away. <laughs> go talk to somebody else. And I would imagine a lot of people don't go visit a financial advisor person. Because they don't know the questions to ask, mm-hmm. so uh, they don't know what to expect. And Absolutely. I think the expectations is just understanding them. So, uh, yeah, we can cover that. And I think that would be would help any consumer have more confidence to, uh, to know what to look for. All right. Where do we start? You know, so hold on real quick. Um, you know, Jose, it reminds me of that saying, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's the power in the questions. And if we don't know what questions to ask, then there may be some topics, some areas, some lack of resources or advice because we don't know what to ask. Um, but yeah, all, all of them are very important and it's important to ask the questions that are relevant to your situation and the things that are important to you. So let's dive in. So yeah, so number one, uh, tell me about your firm. How'd you get started? Um, that's a good question to ask to get a feel of, of someone's background and history and, and what got them into the business and how they evolved over the year, over the years. Um, number two, uh, what specific services do you offer or that you provide? Um, is it just investments? Is it just mutual funds? Uh, is it insurance? Is it wills, trust, estate planning? Uh, is there any services that will help us make smart choices with money and taxes or long-term care, long-term health needs? Uh, but important to, to, to find out what services the person that you're working with offers because at the end of the day, we all want to make smart choices mm-hmm. with money. And more often than not, uh, those decisions have impact other investment decisions and things that happens in our lives and the things that we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to take a step back just for a minute now. Why, why is it so important to know kind of how people got their start or, or why they started their firm in the first place? I, I would say for me personally, uh, uh, every, you know, everybody has a story and sometimes, you know, it is about relationships. And I think understanding where people came from mm-hmm. kind of describes, you know, what their mind, how their mindset is. And so uh, we're all different and uh, we all relate to different people. But I think understanding people's background uh, kind of gives you a feel about uh, their philosophy. Yeah. And, and their personality, too. Absolutely. You know, I mentioned uh, philosophy, and that's it's, mm-hmm. it's probably one of the most important questions that you can ask is what is the their investment philosophy? Uh, you want to work with someone who believes investing for the long term, someone who believes in diversification and has a long history of, of success. Um, you know, the reality is, is every decision we make with money impacts everything else. So what is their philosophy around being holistic, taking a look at, mm-hmm. you know, all aspects of our financial lives, not just mutual funds and returns, but what is the plan 
um, because at the end of the day, it gets so overwhelming, just all the decisions we have to make with insurance and investments and wills and trusts and yeah. taxes. Uh, so what is the approach? What is the philosophy? And how do we make sure that everything is working together in our quest to make smart choices with money and resources that we have? And I, I would add to that that, you know, we find that a lot of people don't go travel, do the things they really want to do or really live life on purpose uh, because they're worried about in the back of their mind, you know, what if I spend this money? Is it going to affect my long-term care? Is it going to affect what if I go to a nursing home? What if I need something for home health care, adult daycare, nursing home? Those things that, that in the back of their mind. But when they have a game plan all laid out and uh, we put things into different buckets of money at different purposes, then, uh, you know, we want to make sure we have a good reserve and the emergency funds are there and making sure that people don't tap in the wrong buckets, not in the most tax efficient way, but uh, where people don't have to pay more taxes than they should. And so, I mean, any tax savings that you have goes towards your wealth. So you really got to look at the big picture. And like you mm -hmm. said about philosophy, because every decision you do make with money impacts something else. And you got to take a big holistic view of the picture and what I mean by picture, it's 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 kind of like the well, I always like we always like to ask the question, you know, what's the most important piece to a puzzle, mm -hmm. a 500 piece puzzle? And some people say the corner piece or center piece, but it's actually the picture on the box. So once we once your visions are clear, your decisions are easy. Mm -hmm. And so the philosophy is making sure you create a game plan around what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. And to, and to make sure that they're aligned. You know, if your philosophy, if their philosophy is not aligned from the beginning, then I think that's just a recipe for disappointment. Mm -hmm. You know, not being on the same page as far as expectations, especially in tough times when the emotions run high, whether it's fear or greed or, you know, those type of emotions. And it's usually where the biggest mistakes are made. So the more aligned you can be, the more on the same page, I think uh, the better decisions we all make. Yeah, absolutely. What would the next question be that we need to be asking? You know, I think uh, part of that probably rolls into, um, you know, the are they a registered investment advisor? Are they a fiduciary? Are they uh, uh, just an investment advisor or insurance agent that just sells financial products? Uh, but I think that's kind of the hot topic these days is that fiduciary standard. You know, uh, I think there's a little bit of confusion. Uh, people don't understand what that that really means. But in the mm -hmm. in the old days, it was more of a suitability rule. You know, is the product that someone's selling to a consumer is it suitable for their net worth and income and what they're trying to accomplish? It doesn't necessarily mean it's in their best interest, mm -hmm. but is it suitable? And I think uh, the definition of suit of uh, the fiduciary and the fiduciary standard is is it in the client's best interest is the advisor do they have to follow uh, the fiduciary standard and act on the client's best interest um, not their own one thing i just want to add to the fiduciary is that you know there are more and more regulations in our industry which i'm really proud of uh, just the fact that you've got a lot of part-timers that are giving advice out there and and uh, so sometimes it's not prudent for the investor. We find a lot of investors take a lot more risk than they have to, or they really don't know what their number that they need to get to where they want to go. As the regulations become more stricter, more and more people are getting out of the industry, which I think is better for the consumer in the long run because they want people that are in there full time that really stay on the game and to be held liable for the advice that you uh, give. 
And I think all that is better for the consumer. And I think that's the, uh, the intent of all the laws that are written uh, to protect the consumer. So on yeah, with me, uh, the next, go ahead. Yeah, let me add to that because I think um, you could probably do a whole show on just uh, conflicts of interest, fiduciary standards, uh, fiduciary liability. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's important because when it's violated, uh, then it provides an avenue for just to hold someone legally responsible for the advice that they give. So if someone's not a fiduciary and they knowingly sell low-performing, high-fee investments um, that they otherwise uh, um, would not do if they were a named fiduciary, it creates a different relationship. And those breach of duties can occur when they fail to honor his or her obligation to act in the best interest of the client. So where you see that is things like, you know, they call it account churning, which is basically just buying and selling and buying, selling stock and every time or investments. And every time you do that, there's commissions and transaction fees being charged. So is there a potential conflict of interest that the more buying and selling, uh, the more commissions are being paid? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, misrepresentation, making false statements about security transactions or unauthorized trades, you know, things that, that, that fall under that fiduciary standard that I can't stress enough. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the intent to try and alleviate potential conflicts of interest. So fiduciary financial advisors must put the client's best interests before their own, so best practices and terms. Uh, they must act in good faith and provide all relevant facts to the client's. Uh, they must disclose and avoid conflicts of interest or potential conflicts of interest to their clients, uh, do their best to ensure the advice they give is accurate and thorough, and um, really to just avoid using a client's asset to benefit themselves, um, high commission products, um, things of that nature. So just very important to ask. So are they a named fiduciary and do they follow the fiduciary standard? Yeah, and, and I, I see that a lot. I think that's a lot of people's hesitations to even come in and talk to an advisor because they're like, well, they just want to, they just want me to put my money with them so they can make a bunch of money off of me, um, which begs the question. I would assume that one of the questions that somebody should be asking is, how do you get paid? Um, you know, what what do the commissions look like? What what are fees? Because I know there's fees involved. I'm assuming that's a, a question that you would want them to ask. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, very, very, very important. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes it can be tricky because there's not really an industry standard. Uh, financial advisors can be paid by commissions, uh, sales charges, uh, commissions and fees, hourly. Uh, some are, can be paid a salary with bonus structures on how much assets they bring in. So uh, I think the key is what we want to look for is just any kind of potential conflicts of interest. Uh, they paid more for selling one product or another. Uh, they paid on just giving advice, but there's, you know, not that commissions are bad. I just think that, you know, there are places and, and certain products that commissions are definitely appropriate, uh, but it's better to have a good understanding of how commissions and fees work. So technically commissions are paid every time you buy or sell something, you pay a transaction fee or a commission mm -hmm. for buying that product. Um, whereas there, you hear a lot of the terminology regarding fee-based or advisory fee. So what's typical in our industry, you hear a lot of fiduciary financial advisors uh, charge an advisory fee. And basically what that is, is they may charge, I think the industry average is somewhere around 1% of assets that they manage. 
But what it does is it alleviates a little bit of the conflict of interest. So instead of every time you buy or sell something, you pay a fee, which the more buying and selling, the more fees and commissions are being paid. Mm -hmm. Uh, The advisory structure takes that potential conflict of interest off the table. So whether you make two or three changes or 10 changes, it's all the same. Whether you're all stocks or all bonds or all mutual funds or all cash, it's the same. So a lot of people like that structure because it puts the advisor and the client on the same side of the table. So if the advisor's making 1%, and the portfolio doubles, the advisor gets a double pay raise. If the portfolio cuts in half, then the advisor has to go home to his wife or her husband and tell his wife or husband that their income just dropped in half. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of a win-win, lose-lose that aligns interest that the better you do, the better we do. And what it more importantly does is it, it alleviates that potential conflict of interest of buying and selling individual product, Uh, being able to use the Fidelities, Vanguards, index funds, being able to make changes without ever having to worry about additional fees and commissions. Yeah. You know, what's really important is that the transparency of everything, because really understanding how it works, I think, is is very important, which leads to number five. I think think number five for clarity, I mean, you want to ask, do you work for a broker dealer? Mm -hmm. Are you independent? Or do you work for an insurance company? And, And can you explain the difference? And- one thing about commissions, when you hear commissions, is that sometimes when there has to be an insurance product, the only way they pay, they compensate uh, advisors is by commission. Mm-hmm. So uh, those that that happens, but it's very important that to understand if they're independent or not independent, because are they are they are they only offering what the insurance company offers or their broker dealer offers, or are they independent representing everybody? And, and I believe in the philosophy of being independent because I think, you know, in order to be a fiduciary and do the right thing for clients, you got to be able to, uh, uh, have, be, have, have access to everything that's out there so you can uh, put together a plan that's best for the client. All right, Jose, you said something very important there and you've, you've spoken about it on previous podcasts about being independent, meaning you're independent from, any specific company or agency so that you don't have to sell or represent their product only. You're able to represent the best product or, or service that would fit your client's needs. You're not tied to any one specific thing, correct? That's correct. I mean, I think the worst thing for me is if somebody, I make recommendations and they go home and, and Google it and they find other things that were better in that situation, I want to be able to offer everything that's out there mm-hmm. and then build a game plan and really give confidence to the consumer, uh, uh, you know, that they know that they were uh, taken care of yeah. and, and, and benefit from the independent side of doing things. That makes sense. Well, audience, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, Jeff, Jose, and I were just talking. We were just having a great time. There's so many things uh, that they have shared in the, the, these, this podcast. We, we spoke for over an hour. And we're not going to subject you to an over an hour long podcast. So we're going to wrap this right now, right after that fifth question. And we're going to do a part two where we're going to pick right up with the the sixth question that these gentlemen are going to tell you need to be asking an advisor. So I'm going to close this show with this. We appreciate you listening. And we thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life on Purpose podcast with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. In fact, part two will just show up right away if you subscribe to this one. And it's going to be the next set of questions, so you're definitely going to want that. 
again. And it also makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Feliciano Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live life on purpose. Thank you for listening to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Feliciano Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.